0: This, this, this is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war
1: room
2: for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys
1: select TD Lamb. Oh, no, they took him. Now, your host, Kyle Yeomans.
2: We are into the single digits. We are nine days away from the NFL Draft. April 29th is fast approaching. Happy April 20th, everybody, as we are just nine days away and Cleveland, Ohio, is starting to feel the ramifications of the draft on the horizon, and so is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show, as we have got an entire show full of fan questions Yes. We normally do Twitter on the 20, but as KT Best said it yesterday in our group text, this is Twitter on the zero, Twitter on the 20, and Twitter on the 40 all at the same time because we're going to do the entire show full of fan questions. And Dave, I feel like this is kind of overdue because, I mean, we've had just fan involvement through the roof throughout this entire process and we've just answered like six questions
3: it's not it's not a knock on you if anything (laughs) i think i think it's a byproduct of the zoom era uh it just takes longer to have these conversations and yeah i feel like we've probably only answered 10 questions this entire year (laughs) so uh yeah good let's let's get to it let's give the people what they
2: want Absolutely. We've got David Hellman. We've got Kevin KT Turner, Jeff Cavanaugh. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. And KT, I mean, this is your idea, but you got to give back to the fans after uh, all the the help that they've given us in terms of Twitter on the 20 all year long, right?
4: Yeah, like I, I get the frustration. Like, hey, uh, guys, guys, we sent you a bunch of questions. You got the two of them. So I was like, you know what? We're nine days away. Instead of us talking about Sir Tan versus Horn one more time, Let's just open this bad boy up. And hey, I, 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 I like to improv. You know, I like to I like to be random. So I kind of I kind of like that we got everyone asking questions, and hopefully we can make a lot of Cowboys fans happy today. All right, so I'm going to start things off by
2: shooting this first question right at Jeff Kavanaugh, and the reason why. Is because it is a little bit random. But you mentioned Horn, you mentioned Sertan. How about I throw another top corner name in there for this first question. This comes from a guy named Tank Commander ORL on Twitter. And he says, do we have any indication on how the Cowboys feel about Caleb Farley's medical situation? Would the possible trade backup into the first round be a target for Dallas, is Kayla Farley a potential, despite his medical situation, Mr. Jeff Um, uh,
0: Sure. I mean, first of all, I'd like to say hello to Tank Commander. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty badass. So, what's up, Tank Commander? And I'd like to apologize to everyone for just how long-winded KT and Dave are all the time. Otherwise, the we would have gotten so many more questions. Uh, the Caleb Farley thing's impossible because you're only the only way you're going to know what teams are going to do with Caleb Farley is if you have access to the team doctors and trainers of each team. Uh, you know all the reports are positive, but that's the way it's going to be because the reports going to come from the player and his people. So you know the combine medical rechecks, all those things, teams are going to have them. Uh, but you can look at the Cowboys' history. The Cowboys aren't afraid of hurt guy. A lot of times they're looking for when when can I get hurt guy at an incredible value. And with Caleb Farley, I think if you just look at kind of the consensus opinion, the thought is probably that he still goes in the middle to back of the first round. Um, will the Cowboys be interested in making a move to do that? Maybe if they went offense at 10 and, and you felt desperate to do something at corner. Uh, but, you know, I'm... I'm dug in on my thoughts on Caleb Farley. Bad backs don't get better and it, like if you want to give me that gift at 44 and I'll take my chances, that's one thing, but giving up picks to move around and do that, I'm out.
3: Yeah, I think that's pretty perfectly put. The one thing I I mean, we know there's interest there. Like I know the like the Cowboys are they've done their homework on all of on all of these cornerbacks that we've talked about a million times. Uh, but Jeff's right. Like you know, people tend to keep medical close to the vest for obvious reasons. And the only way I could really see that making sense is if they don't draft a corner at 10, which I think we would all agree that's what we expect to happen. Certainly doesn't mean it's going to, but I can't imagine them giving up picks to get Caleb Farley if they draft a guy at 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, if for some reason that doesn't happen, and like Jeff said, the desperation kind of kicks in, maybe. Um, I think it's pretty unlikely, though.
4: I... It was a real buzzkill when all that stuff came out about him, even though we we kind of knew a little bit about it. But to find out that it, I mean, how close are we to calling this like chronic back injuries? And uh, when it just kind of went up in smoke that he wouldn't go at 10, and I was just kind of like, I don't, it was was just a bummer. It was a real bummer. So to me, we start talking about a back, I start talking about you in the second round. But I can say a team like the Packers, the Chiefs, Uh, You know, when those teams late, uh, the Saints with their Marshawn Lattimore situation, your team's picking late in the first round, you know, maybe that's a good spot for Caleb Farley. Maybe it
2: is. And, I mean, there's some connection, I think, between Caleb Farley and the Cowboys. I mean, there's definitely been that, that mutual interest. And, of course, ever since he was kind of that top prospect, that's something that the Cowboys have been very interested in. And maybe they kind of keep that in the back of their mind if he does slip. I don't necessarily think that trading back up is a is a huge possibility, at least for Farley. I think you could trade up for somebody else. And that actually brings me to the second question. This comes from Jake. He says, is there any buzz on Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa? If the Cowboys were locked in on him, should they take him at 10, or is that a reach? If it's a reach, what range should they try to maneuver in to get him? Dave, I'll send this one to you. That's, you know, going back to the part about there being interest, like, I think,
3: I, I you talk about Buzz, I haven't heard anything that suggests that he's on that short list of guys that they would draft at 10. And... Again, like, you know, I I feel like a broken record sometimes, like doesn't necessarily mean that's what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Like I don't C D Lamb wasn't really on that list last year because nobody thought he'd be available at seventeen. And you know, sometimes especially the the the, the pandemic aspect of all this has made it way harder than ever before. Like, you know, Zoom offers a certain amount of privacy. It's you know, if you think back, Jeff and K T you probably remember this. Like, remember when Zeke was a prospect. He like he put all of his visits out on Snapchat. He would be like, "I'm in Philly today. I'm in New York today." And it's like, "Okay, cool." Like, we, now we know we know exactly what Zeke's doing, and that's not really happening because guys can't visit facilities. Um, so I'm not I'm not hearing a lot of buzz about him. I really I can't imagine that he would be their pick at ten almost no matter what happens. Um, but I think the conversation changes if they trade back. I think. I think it would make sense to pick him between 15 and 20, but again, like, how likely is that to happen? So, and he's one of my favorite players. I, I would probably draft him at 10, especially if the cornerbacks for some reason are gone. Uh, but that's the thing is, I don't think they will be. So, unless they trade back, it's kind of hard for me to imagine that happening.
2: KT, you
4: know, I, I like Koromoa over Parsons, uh, you know, a little bit. Now, I, I don't know if it was just a puff piece, but if y'all read this. Um, article A physics professor in the United States Navy, but he went to Notre Dame, so I'm really not sure where he was a press at. Wrote this article about uh, Coromoa's tackling and talking about how much he speeds up right before impact. And He just did this big study on him unleashing more force on the ball carrier than anyone that he had studied. It was a very interesting piece. I mean, obviously, like you're playing fast and you're playing hard to get a tackle, but just talking about how quickly. Before he makes the tackle, he gears up and speeds up to create more force. And I was like, man, that's kind of an incredible study that I'd never really thought of before. But again, that guy went to Notre Dame, so it could have just been a you know a puff piece. But you know, for me, 15 for the Patriots makes a lot of sense. That that's kind of feels like a kind of a, a good zone. I wish the Cowboys were interested at 10 if they got wiped out. But you know, I think the Cowboys like Sertan enough. I think they like Horn enough. I think they like Slater enough. I think they feel pretty confident they're going to have what they need at 10 instead of, you know, trying to move back or things like that. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? They're not slip they're not talking much and slipping up like they usually do.
0: If the Cowboys will let my dream come true and let <laughs> Captain Trade down ride and he rides right on down there to 15, picks up number 46 from New England. That's a dude I would love for them to consider. My guess is This is going to be unfair to Dan Quinn, but this is life. Such is life, Dan. Welcome to DFW. Um, The Cowboys, for whatever reason, I have not a lot of faith that they could figure out a way to use a guy who you would consider a weapon in a proper way. Because that's my favorite thing about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is that maybe he's a weak side linebacker, maybe he's a strong safety, whatever. Maybe in nickel and dime you're doing different things with him. And nothing about the Cowboys organization just makes me think they would deploy that properly. <laughs> but if they picked him, I would hope so, because I think the NFL is so much about matchups now, and teams are trying to put you in bad matchups. J.O.K. is matchup proof. I don't yeah. care where he ends up. Oh, no, they've motioned a running back out, and J.O.K. has to cover him. Well, that running back ain't getting open. Um, he has to cover a linebacker. He's got to run the alley. Whatever. He's matchup proof. Um, I'm a big fan. If we can get Captain trade down to ride to 15, let's go. I would at least. I'm gonna. I
3: want to give Dan Quinn some benefit of the doubt. Just I don't know. And, and I mean, I agree with everything you just said overall. But a lot of that is because. For the vast majority of the last decade, it was the same people calling the shots on the defensive side of the ball. Those people aren't here anymore. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, it was a disaster with a new coach last year, so that doesn't mean it's going to be better. But can't get much worse. You know, and, and it's 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 not a it's not an apples to apples comparison. But you know, Chris Richard showed up and was like, "Well, why are you playing Byron at safety? He needs to be a corner." And that turned out to be pretty smart. So maybe Dan Quinn could come in and figure out how to use a guy like that. But It might be a moot point because, again, unless
2: they trade back, I don't think that's uh, very likely. Well, in this next question from Joshua Chewy, and I'm putting that on, like, that's literally how it's spelled on Twitter. Joshua Chewy says, Dave talked trade down versus trade up. I mean, we just talked about trading down potentially, but he says if he thinks that they actually went down in the draft, they would also trade back up. So you have a little bit of both worlds where you trade down, maybe pick up a couple of selections, use those to get back into the first round. Thoughts on what players they could target if that's the potential.
3: Yeah, I mean, and that seems that is a growing topic. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's just because the Cowboys have enough capital to pull that off. Yeah. Um it's it just seems so unlikely to me. Like I know it, it's happened before in the history of the draft, but like how many times do you see a team do that? Like do both things on on day one of the draft? I mean, certainly possible, just doesn't seem very likely. Um, but act, like on it, maybe not Jeremiah Wusu koromoa but guys like that, like a guy that doesn't make sense at ten but might slip. Again, we already talked about Farley, so we don't need to do that again. But I think that makes a lot of sense, particularly if they don't draft a cornerback. Um, or you know we know that they've been looking at linebackers. I'm not the f- I won't be the first person to point out Zayvon Collins, but mm-hmm. again, probably not a guy that you are interested in at ten. But if he's still hanging around there as the first round comes to a close, or maybe at the beginning of the second round, maybe that's something that you try to do. Or another thing that really moves the needle a lot is offensive tackles and pass rushers. Like if a um, if a Kevin Jenkins or uh, Alex Leatherwood is slipping, and you got a chance to do something like that, or or a Boogie Basham. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. I like I said, it would it would surprise me to see him do both on the same day. Um, but yeah, tackles and pass rushers typically have a way of making people jump up like that.
4: Jeff,
0: there's an, there's a oh yeah Jeff. Um, I think a couple of names that when you were just saying that scenario there where if you traded down and then wanted to trade back up, a couple of those scenarios I guess for me would be like, again, I go to my dream home. My dream home is at 15, and I take, I don't think one of the top two corners would make it that far, but if so, sweet, you take J.C. Horn. But let's say you take Greg Newsom, the northwestern corner at 15, uh, or Elijah Vera Tucker, the USC offensive lineman who could play tackle or guard. Then I like the name Zavin Collins. Um, how about Christian Barmore mm. as a guy that in the mid to late twenties, if he's still floating around, you don't even like he him. Always come back up for. Uh, I don't love. I mean, it's just it's a Jeff. Jeff. Normally hates we're him. really respectful. We're, no, normally we're very respectful and and uh, and measured with our words. I've learned these things from the great Brad Sham, who's always <laughs> incredibly fair to everyone. It's the worst defensive tackle class I've ever seen. Um, And Christian Barmore is probably the best prospect of the class. Mm. And the Cowboys will like that. The Cowboys will like Alabama, big stage, played well in the biggest games. So, you know, if you are looking for an impactful defensive lineman and he's there at 27, 28, you've already traded down and gotten more capital and you've already picked a corner or an offensive lineman, it's a name that makes sense to me, whether I think it's a good idea or not.
4: Yeah, I got you. Yeah, the names The names I'm going to throw out, uh, Dave, I think, mentioned Zayvon Collins. I know they like Zayvon Collins. You like Zayvon Collins at 25-ish, no, you know, uh, late first-round area. With offensive tackle, I, I can kind of be picky and wait there. I can wait on a, an Eichenberg, a Cosme. Um, it's even maybe a later down the road, James Hudson from Cincinnati, Tevin Jenkins, you mentioned like I don't really feel like I have to jump into the first to get a offensive tackle. Another name I want to throw out there is Jalen Phillips. What if teams just pass on him because of the concussions and the medicals and all that stuff? You know, that's something they that might jump back in for. Another corner I think everyone loves is Greg Newsome, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to love Greg Newsome because when you start looking at the length of Greg Newsome, his length is more in the area of like. And Elijah Molden from Washington, and I don't think they're going to want to do that. Um, And and maybe, maybe they, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, But if they didn't, if they took a corner at ten, I don't really think they would double dip at corner and move to double dip at corner. But like, those are some names that I would kind of circle though, and would consider moving up for. Um, But I don't know if they would. But I think Zayvon Collins is a name. That they're attracted to and have been for a while. So, eyes up, eyes up. I agree. I agree with you on that. I I don't. I'm not with you on
3: the offensive tackle thing, though. Just be like, those guys are so rare. And okay, we think two are definitely going to go in the top fifteen. Jeff already mentioned Elijah Vera Tucker, which everything I've read and seen suggests he could go anywhere from like the mid teens to the mid twenties. Yep. And then you're talking about guys like, again, Leatherwood, Jenkins, like those guys could very well and even likely be first-round picks. If all that happens, those guys could all be gone by, like... And Darisaw. Oh, thank you. uh, Christian Darisaw as well. So, like... All those guys could be gone by like pick 28 and all of a sudden you're like um it's Leah Meenberger bust if we want one of the top or you top know, guys maybe Cosme but yeah I mean that could be a long wait to
2: 44 if you've got your eyes on one of those guys so and, and if you're planning on waiting to 75 you're gonna be even in more trouble sure. if you're trying to get a tackle if if you're gonna get a tackle in this draft, I think you have to do it round one or round two I and mean not, I've also been very and, vocal about that though.
0: Not that I would ever want to dispute a uh, a KT Fun Tweets report uh, on the Cowboys' interest level in Greg Newsom, but I just want to say this (laughs) for my own selfish purposes, just to get it on record. Uh, If Greg Newsom has a healthy career, I would make him the favorite to have the best career out of this cornerback class. Wow. So I think if the Cowboys aren't interested in Greg Newsom, I think the Cowboys are wrong. Wrong, I say.
3: Noted for posterity.
0: Yeah, no. that's all. That's <laughs> just me, just dunking all over KT's neck on a Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Hey, it is Tuesday. I love Newsom. Hey, okay. I love
4: Newsom. <laughs> I love Newsom. I just think some teams are going to look at him and go, "Man, why are your arms? He's shorter 6'1! Than yeah, his wait. arms. He's got the reach of Elijah Molden." Reach, man. Which,
3: uh,
0: you watched Kong vs. Godzilla. Reach matters. Reach I, matters. Yeah, got, Godzilla. Well, I'm not going to tell you what happened. Yeah, I my,
3: haven't watched but, it yet, but, you so know, chill. You just,
0: spe- that, <laughs> you just spread bad information with what you just said about Godzilla and Kong. Not the football stuff, but the Godzilla stuff.
3: I the, do. I was right about stuff. The arms. Reach is reach is important, and that's you know we've talked about it a lot, but. Jordan Lewis didn't hit the height requirements that the Cowboys prefer, but he had the reach to make up for it, so maybe, I dunno, maybe you're onto something that yeah. which Elijah but Molden didn't
0: meet their reach uh, uh, didn't meet their reach requirements, but he got picked. Like I it's, just that no, stuff is I think like, it matters when it matters. Yeah,
3: it's not an exact science. Whenever
0: you're no, Rashawn, Rashawn Slater has short arms. Rashawn Slater is going to be a Pro Bowl left tackle if somebody lets him play tackle. It's true. I just don't I care agree. because it doesn't affect him. Because he knows how to play. Like I just I hate it. I, I only like the short arms or the height or offensive linemen who don't have long enough reach. If it hurts him on the football field, then you go, okay, that sucks. That guy's off because he can't overcome that. But with guy like Greg Newsom is a Baller. I don't care okay. if his arms are six inches. Does Okay does six it bother would be too much. Does it bother you that he's
4: had a season ending injury all three years of college? He's only played twenty career college games, and he got flagged a ton. I mean that bothers me and that's why I don't have him in the first
0: round. Oh, yeah. I mean, the injuries bother me on Newsom. That's why I said if he's healthy, I think he might have the best career. Because I just think when you compare him to the top two corners, this year's athletic testing has been really weird. Like, it's going to tell you that J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan are the elite of elite athletes for NFL corners, and I don't buy that for a heartbeat. Um, They're good athletes, but they're not elite athletes. These pro days with hand timers, blah, throw it all out. Um, I'm glad they're good athletes, though. Greg Newsom's just more fluid than both of them. Like, you, if you don't get your hands on a guy at the line of scrimmage and he's running a slant and go or he's running a post corner or he's running a double move, Greg Newsom just has he's, – he's a more fluid mover than both of them. So I think he's the stickiest one in coverage. I think he can run any coverage you ask him to. I think he's intelligent on the field. I think there's a lot that Greg Newsom does. The injuries are the only thing that actually stopped me from having him as cornerback number one. Because I think at first when I was watching him, I just saw so much – Kind of relaxed and conservative cover three at Northwestern that I was like, God, I want to see him do more. But the more you watch him you now, you do see him impress. You do see him playing man. And I think that if he had no injury history and he was just a totally clean slate, I think he would be the best.
4: All right, and real quick, I know I know we're going to get off this, but 78 and a half inch wingspan for Sertan, 77 wingspan on Horn. You get to Newsom, and you're, I'm rounding up here 74. That's a difference to teams. And that's just not in the same realm of where Farley, Horn, Sertan, and Eric Stokes are. Stokes is seventy-eight. Um, you think dude, about yeah. Kel- 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 Kelvin Joseph, who's a little shorter, and he's got a, a really good wingspan. I mean, his, <laughs> Jeff, with the his, visual aid there, just, I really I'm
0: appreciate saying, that. This is from this is with both of our arms pointing all the way out. There's this is the difference.
3: Hey, that matters when you're I'm playing you, Aaron Rodgers, my guy. That is just a, in
0: much different situations. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I, I think, think there's. I just think there's more to knock
4: news. There's more to knock Newsom on than what maybe people are talking. I about. think. I think you can both be right. I still
3: like him. Honestly, I think you can both be right yeah. about this. That's kind of a lame answer though. i want one well, of the two to be right. That's I'm here to be the lame arbiter. Like that's what I do. <laughs> be the mediator yeah. between the two. I'm here to
0: fight, bro. Exactly. But
3: that's Jeff just to wants to drop gloves all the time. I'm cool
2: with that. And I he I likes I his purple guys. Braden. I'm more of a kumbaya kind of guy. He likes he likes his Ardarius <laughs> yeah. Washingtons, he likes his Greg Newsom's. They if they wear purple, he loves them. That's just kind of what goes yeah, you on. you
0: guys take your measurements. Turn them sideways, and you may deposit them directly (laughs) wherever you want.
2: Thank you, Dwayne We are going to move on and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that defensive tackle class that, well, we've talked about already, might be the worst we've ever seen. And maybe the guy that's up at the top isn't necessarily the guy we think is up at the top. But we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show.
1: Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play so doctor in ah music to my ears and mouth new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda.
3: A delicious duet. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel. Needs, visit
2: cowboystravel.com.
1: There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Esselor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and crisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting edge solutions in a single unique lens. So, whatever your needs, insist on Esselor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories, available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces.
2: This is the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Back here on the DallasCowboys.com draft shows. We're nine days away from the NFL draft. Glad you're with us. David Hellman, Kyle Yomitz, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin KT-Turner. And I know we've already been doing this, but I've got to put the sounder up. So I'm going to go ahead and pitch. Let's go into some Twitter on the 20. Maybe. Twitter on (laughs) the 20. There it is. There it is. We got it. I tried to give a lead in there. All right, this one comes from the nulltorius and you'll you'll know why I'm saying the null Uh one, whenever it comes to Marvin Wilson, I'd be more concerned with his injury history. Then his 2020 film, of course, Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle out of Florida State. He said he could he can explain the bad 2020 film as compared to his really, really good 2019 film, but he just can't ignore the injuries. Don't believe he ever finished a season at Florida State. Jeff, what do you think about Marvin Wilson? We talked about this D-tackle class just not being good, but he's one of those top names. And well, his film in 2020 wasn't good and injury history, where do you rank him on your board?
0: Uh, Marvin Wilson, I'm debating if he's going to be my top D tackle over Christian Barmore or not. That's where I am with Marvin Wilson. And I know a lot of people have him as like a third or fourth or fifth round guy after 2020. But I just don't because my only question about Marvin Wilson is I want my team to do their background in terms of how did somebody who was such a dominant force as a, I don't have his age in front of me, but probably, what, an 18 and 19-year-old in 2018 and 2019, maybe a 19 and a 20-year-old, um, become so much less dominant? Because I've seen him line up in the role I'm going to play him in in the NFL, and I've seen him dominate at it, and I saw him do it for multiple years against people who were older than him. Um I think Marvin Wilson, he's like my Greg Newsome of the defensive tackles. If I can just say, okay, different defensive coordinators, different schemes, meniscus in the knee during the 2020 season, and I can go, huh. If I can get him healthy, and I say this with knowing nothing about him personally, nothing about his football character or work ethic or anything, but if my scouts tell me that his 2020 had nothing to do with just, like, not loving it or not working at it, and it was just that he was banged up, and they switched schemes. Then, to me, Marvin Wilson's the best D tackle in this class because his 18 and 19 film, I think, is more consistently dominant than Christian Barmore at any point in his career. So that that's Marvin Wilson. So many people are thinking like maybe even Day Three guy, and I'm looking at him like, golly! I mean, I I've seen him line up in exactly what I'm going to ask him to do in the NFL, and absolutely dominate. For multiple years, and we're just going to write that off. Like, Marvin Wilson is potentially a stud.
4: Doesn't, yeah, it was not uh, fair to Marvin Wilson to go. Uh, no, go ahead, uh, I'll Dave, be dude. quick, Dave. It's not. Oh, it's good. not fair for for Marvin Wilson to go. You know, line up at the five technique, and and he had to do that, and it's just not good for him. Like so, like things like that is is kind of annoying. It's kind of is very tough about sometimes evaluating these guys. I mean, there's a game from a few years back when he just wiped out Mekhi Becton and he was playing outside. And even though that's not like his position, you could see the explosion. And I think that's what's so frustrating about this defensive tackle class is the consistency. You have these guys with Marvin Wilson uh, and Barmore who at times when you see them flash, you're going, holy crap. Aleem McNeil is another guy. When you see him flash, you're going, holy crap. And then you have these like less exciting guys, like Tommy Togi. He's a good player, but he's not exciting. He's not explosive. You know, He's just a good run player, strong. And that's where it kind of gets frustrating for me. I, I have Marvin Wilson in the second round because I'm banking on what he can be and not what he was at times at Florida State. And, and I-, I just encourage everyone who watches some of these Florida State guys, um, uh, Janarius Robinson and um, Kando as Kando. well keep an eye. these guys are extremely good athletes especially coming out of high school into college and they dealt with coaching changes and they dealt with a ton of stuff at florida state that really did not help their development at all get them into an nfl locker room into a system and and i like these guys as really good value those other guys in, in day three and and i still have a second round grade on marvin wilson now 44 you're gonna have to tell me who's on the board there are going to be probably some other guys there I like more, but yeah, he's definitely in consideration for me there.
3: I think a big, and this is more so media than the actual teams, but like those of us in the media, it 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 feels like it's so much about momentum. Like JC Horn's a great example of like, and Jeff, you're right. Like these pro days are totally bogus, but you know JC Horn runs a four three nine, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, he he might be just as good as Sertan. and it's like, well, the tape never changed. Uh, And that's how, like, Marvin Wilson and Christian Barmore, the last time I saw Christian Barmore, he was beating up two of the best teams in the country. And Marvin Wilson, you know, 2019 feels like a lifetime ago, especially, you know, with the pandemic and everything. And so I feel more, this is just me, totally subjective. I feel more confident betting on a guy who was kicking ass in his last game as opposed to a guy where I'm like, well, maybe I can help him rediscover what he used to be. Um, I don't have a problem. I wouldn't have a problem drafting him. It's a classic case. I do this all the time where I'm like, wouldn't be excited about drafting him at 44, but maybe a little bit later on just because... I think in the top fifty, I don't, I don't want to, I, sh- I shouldn't be asking questions about a guy that I'm at drafting in the top fifty. Like I should just be like, this guy's ready to go, and I don't have to worry about injuries or the fact
2: that he didn't play very well last year. And I think I kind of ride the fence a little bit. I'm pulling a David Hellman here in in that regard, but I, I agree with what you're it's, saying. It's is, fun on the fence. If it's, it, it's, it's great. Sometimes. You get to have both opinions. But if you're in the top fifty and you're getting a it guy works. at defensive tackle, you've done this before where you've had questions, right? Tristan Hill. I mean, sure. I, I guess that wasn't top. Tristan Hill was bad player. He, he, he <laughs> was. You're right. But Marvin Wilson could also be a bad hey, player. Tristan Who Hill. Knows?
3: Tristan Hill had some very exciting flashes. Like his, just like his flash
0: was. plays. I'm, I'm, But I can't compare a guy who had 15 flash plays at Central Florida to a dude who was dominant at Florida State for multiple years.
2: Well, that's not fair. He was dominant. Tristan
0: Hill was a Rod Marinelli liked that he got off the ball well 12 times.
2: You're not wrong about that. Yeah. But, I mean, whenever you're talking about Marvin Wilson consensus five-star. I mean, he was one of the top recruits in the country, able to come out of high school and then, once again, was able to translate that game to the college level in 2019 but just wasn't able to do it in 2020. That worries me. That And like you said, there's guys that figure it out at the college level and the guys that just don't necessarily take it to the next level. If Marvin Wilson would have came out last year, he would have been a lock to go early day two. Yeah. Instead, he wanted to try and go rise up draft boards and try and make a Derrick Brown type of jump. And if you would have done that, then sure, you you would have had that. But instead, he just had a mediocre year and kind of pitter-pattered down the stretch. And I think that's what has a yeah. lot of teams worried. To
3: KT's, to KT's point, I just have to believe that there would be a guy available that I'd be more
2: excited about drafting. At 44, I mean. Yeah. I, I would be... A lot more excited if there was another name called other than Marvin Wilson. All right, this question comes from John Nelson. He said, Zeke had his best years with a good blocking fullback. Any chance that Dallas looks at a fullback or maybe even a blocking tight end in the latter rounds? And who could that potentially be? I've got a couple names that come to mind. First one is a fun little pet cat at fullback out of the Senior Bowl, Ben Mason from Michigan. That would be a lot of fun for me. I think as they don't necessarily utilize a fullback, and they already cut the one that they had, but there's some guys in this draft that could be blockers.
3: I just I I'm doing this right off the rip with no research done whatsoever. But like, is that is that even true? Like, in it, Zeke has been on the team since 2016. Like I know you know they had Keith Smith for a little while. Jameis Olawale was here. It's true. I would go. I would bet. I'd bet ten dollars without even looking at it that they in that entire time frame a fullback has never played more than like 10 to 12 percent of the snaps like they used keith in short yardage situations sometimes but like this was never the 90s you know like it it wasn't like moose johnson where you're just constantly bulldozing people so i don't necessarily think i agree with that premise um which is why if they were to get a fullback just do it in priority-free agency. Like, they do that every year anyway. They, they, you know, you sign a guy who can do a little bit of both. Shea Wo, Alana Lua kind of fits that that role right now, especially since they released Jameis. I mean, if there's a guy if there's a guy they like that's available after the draft, go for it. But I wouldn't want to spend a draft pick on one.
2: KT?
4: Tight ends are the new fullback. You can use tight ends there. And that's why I think, you know, we saw him uh, run the belldozer in there a couple times last year, right? Like uh, maybe Sean McCann can maybe do that, Um I'm not, I'm not spending a draft pick on a guy who's just a fullback. Um, but hey, it's a fun position that I definitely played in junior high, and I totally want the fullback to stay alive a little bit. Let's go draft KT. I
0: would like to say that I um, I have a fullback for the Cowboys. Uh, he plays at Alabama. His name is Jalen Waddle. <laughs> uh, because there's no point in having 250-pound dudes whose job is to run in a hole and mash into a run defender and bring an extra run defender into the box. In the year of our Lord 2021, the idea that fullback still exists in non-Kyle Shanahan offenses is absurd, and I will not stand for it. The fullback is what you would get if Jason Garrett came back, and we don't need that, okay? Say no to fullbacks. Matter of fact, it's about time to start saying no to tight ends, running four wide. And then the next step is going to be saying goodbye to running backs and going five wide and letting your quarterback run. Now we're dancing. Let's go. No, get the fullbacks out. You just, step one.
3: You just need a running back who can catch the ball. I, but I'm with you over, like, ten personnel – I. That's the wave. That's the move, man. Yeah, you hate twelve personnel. I can't unless one of those unless one of those two tight ends is Kyle Pitts.
2: I can't <laughs> stand it. <laughs> that would be fun though. Yeah, yeah, that could it. get you excited. Yeah. Eleven your personnel head, your with your head Kyle coach Pitts.
4: likes two tight ends.
2: Oh, all all head coaches like two
3: tight ends because yeah. yeah. they're all you know fifty plus and refuse to let go of some of those concepts.
2: But that's okay. <laughs> uh, talking about some of these guys that could maybe jump up into the top ten. Jay Stender on Twitter says, It is well discussed that the possible top ten picks with quarterbacks, offensive linemen, wide receivers, tight ends, corners. Who is someone that we're not talking about that could jump into the top ten and make things really interesting and another option to shift someone down to pick number ten? I'm going to start with KT on this one. KT, anybody that's outside of the top ten conversation
4: that could slip in Feels like he slipped out of the conversation, but Micah Parsons deserves to be in that conversation. I could see Detroit at seven pulling the, you know, uh, doing that. Uh, you know, if, if Sewell and Slater are both gone at eight, you know, uh, does Elijah Vera Tucker get into that top ten conversation? Maybe. You know, uh, I don't know if he deserves to be that high. Pretty close, but that high, I don't know. I mean, I'm a guy who's not 100% in love with J.C. Horn at pick ten so you know i think i think this is the whole thing about getting in the top 10 it's very easy to narrow it down and get what you want it's different than when you're picking 17 and you're kind of flipping coins on who you got over there 10 you narrow it down you get one or two guys you know who you want and that you know better be who you get so i I don't know if we're really leaving anyone out i i guess i would say go to the linebacker jok and and parsons perhaps should be in that conversation
0: I would go to pass rushers. I think if you're going to have a surprise, he nah. would play on the edge because it's just such an important position. So, like, my order would be Aujuleri, Phillips, Basham, Pei, uh, Turner, Owe. But we were talking about the NFL, and so we got to read tea leaves. So I would say Quiddy Pay would be the guy who could throw it off and be a top ten pick.
3: Jeff took the words right out of my mouth just cuz he he's got the craziest upside of of the bunch like he, and you know the college production wasn't there but with the numbers that he turned in and I know you can't completely trust pro days but I just think his athleticism is on that level where if a team just absolutely wants to take a swing at a pass rusher I think he would be the one and then yeah I'm it's hard to imagine this happening but you know, maybe if maybe if Slater and Sewell are gone, or maybe maybe somebody just, like, loves Darisaw or, um, like, Jenkins more than some, or uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Maybe, you know, uh, think back a couple years. Well, even last year, the Giants kind of shocked everybody when they took Andrew Thomas first among all of those offensive tackles. And the year before that, the Raiders took Cleland Farrell and just blew everybody away. Um, so, you know, just because the... The common logic says, like, Slater, Sewell, and then everybody else. But that doesn't mean that every team agrees with that. So, yeah, yeah, pass rushers and offensive tackles, I think, always
2: have a chance to shake things up. Uh, I would have originally said Mac Jones just based off of where I thought he was going to go initially, but I think that's already kind of been pretty much taken care of. He's probably going in the top 10 and somebody's going to try and take him in the top 10. I can still see him slipping out. I think Micah Parsons, like you said, if somebody really falls in love with him and they're not necessarily as concerned about the off the field issues, or maybe they think he's a better player than he is on the field, then maybe they go up and get him. But that's pretty much the extent of it. I think the top 10 of this draft is, is pretty straightforward. By the way, last year when we did our mock draft of the top, the top 32 picks, we got nine of the ten picks in the first round, right? I mean, we were. That's it's, it's pretty easy usually to, to be able to snag. I think that. that's a, that's a thing that's happening right now. Is like we're all we're bored.
3: Every yeah. we're, the Cowboys haven't picked this high up in a while. Like we're bored of. We're like, surely well, it's happen. Surely there's something else that could change. It's like, no, not really. There's probably. Thirteen names that make sense for these ten spots, and I get. It's, I'm kind of bored of talking about it too, but I think that's what's going to happen. That's why so. guys like Jeff Kavanaugh want to talk about Jalen Waddell at ten instead of talking about One Jeff's of these been other guys banging on that drum since like the SEC championship. Game. I don't
2: blame him though.
0: You guys like winning? <laughs> I
2: do. I've got a wide receiver for you, Jeff. In this next question, how about that? Uh, Who oh, you got? Goodness, I lost it already. All right, so Vance on Twitter says why is no one talking about shy Smith out of South Carolina insanely productive showed out at the Senior Bowl and comes from a college that produces really good receivers he loves the idea of taking him in the fourth or the fifth round and that's really where the Cowboys would have to find a burner like that ran a four4 three. He had a 1-6, 10-yard split. I mean, the broad jumps, the vertical jumps were good. Led the team in receiving. Jeff, do you know a whole lot about Shy Smith, and why are we not talking about him as a Cowboys option late in the draft?
0: Well, I dig the alliteration in his name. It's a cool-sounding name, and I heard KT make sounds when you said his name. I'm currently <laughs> cramming on my wide receivers to get prepared. I have That's seen okay. 12 wide receivers, and he is not one of them, so KT, get sexy with it.
4: Yeah, no, he's a slot guy. 5'9". Um, the thing about Shai Smith is he made some really, really impressive catches. I remember the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. um, and a lot of impressive catches. But if you're talking about Shai Smith, then you're kind of taking my Jalen Darden pick away. So <laughs> that's where my big issues. But Shai, Smith, Shai <laughs> Smith's a good player. The thing about Shai Smith is how incredibly aggressive he is at all times as a route runner. And usually those suck guys seem a little more nuanced you know more kind of joysticky, and I don't really see that as much with him I, I kind of see him as just kind of, sort of run through a guy and then get across and kind of get open a little bit he's kind of more of a you know an A to B type guy and I'm not saying he's not shifty I'm just saying he's not as shifty as you know the Jalen Dardens who I just you know talked about so um, again I, I, I like him highly productive um, in, his, in his career um, fourth round Fifth round for me on my wide receiver chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I go through my wide receiver rankings, there's just so many of them. 10. He has wide receiver 20 for me. Yeah. So
0: that <laughs> is fifth round.
4: That just That's speaks, the wrong
0: USC. Just speaks Bring to me Avin Ross St. Brown.
2: There you go fun. It's different types of players though. I mean, St. Brown is the seventh receiver on my board, whereas Shai Smith's 18. I agree with the, the production, though, from Shy Smith and the question that was asked. I mean, Debo Samuel, Brian Edwards, two receivers that have notably gone in the last couple of years that have had immediate impacts in the NFL, and Shy Smith has been just as productive with those guys in the lineup and then he was extra productive without those guys in the lineup. So I think over the course of his career, you could look at it and say, Shai Smith's been just as good as those two guys had during their time at South Carolina. Why can't we talk about him the same way, especially if he's going to fit that slot role, which he's quick enough, he's big enough, he's shifty enough to be able to do that in the NFL.
3: Which I I like him a lot, and I know we always say, I made this joke on Twitter like a month ago, we always say, like, don't scout the helmet, don't scout the program, but at this point, I'm like, oh, he was a stud at South Carolina? He's probably pretty damn good. I, or
2: whenever I, he has production yeah. playing alongside those guys no. that's gonna help.
3: And little. and without and absolutely. I, I don't have a problem with him other than maybe that I'm a little bit spoiled. Uh, you know, we got for so many years it was like, well, Dez is the X and Terrence is the Z and uh, and Beasley has to play in the slot because that's what he does. And now, you know, Amari and, and Lamb are so damn versatile, and I I'm a little bit spoiled by having guys that can move all over the place. And I feel like Shy Smith. Maybe he can play on the outside, but I assume he would be primarily a slot. Uh, I'd be perfectly fine drafting him on day three, but I think there are other guys that are a little bit more versatile that I think I would rather have. But I do like—we probably haven't talked enough about drafting a receiver because you have ten picks; it's a loaded class. And we don't know what the future holds for Michael Gallup, and so I absolutely love the idea of restocking the depth chart. Probably not with not with one of the first four picks, but yeah, I mean, it would it would be a lot of fun to use a day three pick. And if I mean, if Shai Smith is who they picked, I'm not going
2: to complain about it. What are, what do you feel like the odds are that the Cowboys do pick a receiver with ten picks At, in the middle of this draft? Ten picks. I bet
3: uh, and who knows if they 80%. Even, who who knows if they'll even 80%. make all 10 picks, but yeah, I think that they've got 6 picks on day very 3 lightly. right now. I bet one of them will be a receiver. Like the class is too deep and you know, between Gallup and obviously Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson don't have long-term situations here. I think with a class this loaded, I think it's very smart to just sort of try to keep that Conveyor belt moving, and that Free. way, you know, not not that you're trying to kick Michael Gallup off the team, but it gives you options. It gives you options for no. the future, and and you can get a really really good player in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, and even better, you don't have to play him right away. Like he, d- you don't you don't need to lean on him as a rookie. So I, I hope they do it for sure. If Shai Smith ended up as a Cowboy, I
2: wouldn't be upset about I that. Y- I would and be nor pretty ecstatic you be. about it. And I, like, no. I, like I said, there are other guys I like more, but that doesn't mean I dislike Shy Smith at all. There you go. When we come back here on the draft show, who is a starting linebacker the Cowboys could potentially draft in day two? That could be a starter. We're going to see if we can answer that question and many more. We're going to continue our fan-driven version of the draft show when we come back.
1: Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories, available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces.
3: The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and 5 championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation.
1: Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm... Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash.
2: It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit ATT.com for details. Before there
1: was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man's Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Light, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces is the
2: DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Final segment here of the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. So glad you've been with us here over the last 48 minutes. Kyle Yeomans, David Hellman, Jeff Kavanaugh, Kevin KT-Turner. And Jeff, find me a linebacker that the Cowboys could draft day two who could start immediately. Ernie asked this question on Twitter. Is there one available?
0: Oh, Yeah. Um, well, start immediately. Who are you kicking off the team? Uh, uh, you'd like, you'd have kick, you'd you have to you kick. You to make off that the decision. You have your starting linebacker. Okay. Well, the NFL only plays two starting linebackers, so whoever you pick is not starting until you decline LV's fifth-year option and you get rid of number fifty-four for this season. But that's okay. You can figure that out later. Um, you know, it depends on how the draft falls. Because, you know, every year you start talking about, oh, I'd love to have this guy at this pick. And then the whole world goes, he's not going to fall in there. And you're like, okay, well, you got C.D. Lamb at 17. So <laughs> my guy would obviously be Nick Bolton, the Missouri linebacker, Ooh. if you could find a way to get him to 44, which is not impossible because he's five foot eleven and he didn't test well athletically. So NFL teams are going to go, oh, small, unathletic linebacker? When do I pick him? And my answer is 44 if the NFL will let you because I love Nick Bolton. But, I mean, i got a list of guys, so if any of you guys are big fans of any of these guys individually, feel free to talk about them. But you got um, – will we say that Parsons is gone, Zayvon Collins is gone, and Jamin Davis is gone by 44, maybe? I th- and, think so, yeah.
2: That's a pretty safe bet. Okay,
0: and even if so, I would say you've got guys like Baron Browning at Ohio State, who I'm a big fan of. Jabril Cox at LSU, I like Okay. Um, Dylan Moses is interesting, but I don't trust him. Pete Warner at Ohio State, my guy Jones, what's Ernest Jones, I believe at South Carolina, and I mean I've got more and more and more and more guys. Yes, you can find linebacker on day two, and I think there's going to be a chance for some pretty good value on one.
3: Baron Browning is on the short list of picks that would make me do a backflip. I just I think- at forty-four. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably where you'd have to take him, and I just, I, I just, I like his game a lot. I think. I think he could fall to seventy-five. It's and that like I, I never, I try not. He's not in a sweet spot. Like he's not at 44-75. Yeah. He's somewhere in between. I try not to peg guys because like we're wrong yeah. all the time. You know, I mean, Jame, Jame and Davis, nobody was talking about until three week, three four weeks ago, and now it's like <laughs> now well, he's a first round. Pick. Well, not only first round, people are like he might not last to number twenty. So, it's hard to peg this stuff. I just I th- I know you can get Baron Browning on day two, and I like his game a lot. I like his athleticism. He hits. Um, he gets to the ball carrier. He makes plays. And yeah, like if you needed him to, I think he could start right away. And and you don't have to spend a crazy expensive resource on him.
4: No. And, and uh, unless it was Bolton, I don't think I would love a linebacker at forty four. Um, but I would love. Or I would like Browning at 44 over Jabril Cox. And those are all guys who I would not mind at all at 75. Because I do think you still have to be kind of picky uh, up there in the top 50 and things like that. While it's not Baron Browning, you, you always kind of look for that guys. And we talked about this earlier with Marvin Wilson. It's a little different conversation. With Baron Browning, you do give him some bonus points for getting better as his career went on. So that's something that Baron Browning absolutely did. I mean, he had outstanding production and got better as his career went on, and I think that's kind of important. So, again, I'm, day two is a good thing, but I, I really don't want anything to do with linebacker at 10 or 44, to be honest with okay. you. Well, how about, Sorry about this? Sorry, guys. I've got a, no,
2: I've got a, a, a thing that will make you happy then. How about another Ohio State linebacker a little bit later on? Blake Hinson on Twitter asked, would Pete Werner fit the Cowboys as a hybrid linebacker, and what round would you target him in? I guess
0: your dog does not like the question What's about up, Pete Werner. C.D. is anti-Pete Werner, always has Just been. does not like him at all. He's a... Pete Werner's fine. I think Pete Werner on tape, I'll be honest, going kind of to me. I was just like, oh, here's a guy that's kind of not all that athletic, and the drops that he does are very basic, but he'll do his job. So I was like fourth, fifth round. And then his athletic testing was way better than I thought it would be. I didn't think he was that athletic. Um, So I think that helps Pete Werner. I bet he's like a third-round guy, if I had to guess. Uh, I don't know if I want to be the team that does that there. But, I I mean, again, as Dave, I'm not going to use the – weird word Dave was using but I don't like to try to guess exactly where a guy's going to go. Wow. But Pete Werner, I'll go go third round.
2: Jesus. Jesus, Jeff. Some of those numbers on Werner uh, in his athletic testing. Third round. 4.59, 1.56. He had a pretty good jump. Actually, a top three vertical in the linebacker class. Just under 40 inches. 39.5 is what he was measured at. So, you're right. I mean, the numbers stuck out for him. And on tape, he's fundamentally sound. He has a great history. I mean, his dad played football and baseball for DePaul University and he was a tight end for two years in the NFL. He's had the pedigree, he has the athleticism why not try and take a guy like that later on especially if KT was talking about how he's scared of a guy at 44. Which, okay
3: I don't want to turn this into the David Hellman LSU Tiger Hour, and I try not to do that on this. show. I mean, show. we talk
2: about Jalen Darden. So I am. I'm
3: curious, and oh, so KT just <laughs> KT must love Jalen Smith because he's out on drafting linebackers early, and that's fine. And
0: Vanderesh.
3: It's yeah, good point. But so, all right, so you don't like what they have, and you don't want to draft a linebacker. So I'm at a loss for your. I'm at a loss for what's going on in KT Funland over there. <laughs> But, tri-
0: trying to peg you here on what you're oh doing. Oh, God. We are we play so seven. close
3: to the rails. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Wait, okay. I, why, why, here's my thing. Why, well, I, I, what I'm saying is I would rather have a Cam McGrone, a Monty Rice, a Hafanga in round four at pick
3: 115.
4: Okay. I, I just... Linebacker's not a valuable position to me. It's just not. Well like,
3: it's it's not a top ten sorry. position, but I think I mean I think I I think it is a if there's a guy worth taking at 44, I think you do it. Which that is the question I wanted to ask. I feel like neither one of y'all really loves Jabril Cox, and I'm not saying he's the you know, he he ain't Devin White, but what is it about him that you don't like?
0: I think that he and um Jamin Davis at Kentucky, like, I think they're actually exact opposites. Hmm. Like, Jamin Davis is an awesome run player, and as a coverage guy, he's got a lot to prove. Jabril Cox is an outstanding coverage guy. Yes. And I think he's a bad run defender. Uh, Like, I think his fits are bad, the diagnosis is bad. The actual tackling itself is not good. So it's a linebacker who's a bad run player, which is a really interesting question because I do believe coverage is super important in today's NFL. That's why he has so much value. But when a guy's not a good run defender, what do you do? See, that's so I put him in the cheater round, 2-3. I,
3: I, I agree with everything you just said, but I feel completely different. I'm just like... Give me the guy that can cover, and I'm I'm more familiar with Jabril Cox than a lot of these guys. Because I think that's we're because played. we're
2: hurt because our linebackers can't necessarily cover. We're scarred by the well, fact that we want to
3: cover his linebackers and want to see that coverage happen. is what you can't teach. I would Screw. like I would like to think that a coach, a good coach, can teach to play downhill, can make you a better run defender. Like anybody with athleticism, who is big enough to play in the NFL, should be able to learn how to tackle better and and. Handle you know, work against the run better. I don't know if you can teach a guy how to move in space and keep up with some of these athletes that are playing offense these days. So I'll, and that's just me. I mean, it's like different flavors of ice, flavors of ice cream, but like, I would rather try to teach Jabril Cox how to tackle than draft a guy that yeah. can't cover and hope that he can magically learn how to do that.
2: So I, I want to try and get two questions in here before we're done with the show first from Grady says, to piggyback off of what Brian Brada said on last week's show, Brian tried to trade that the 10th t- the overall pick for Chase Young. That's unrealistic. We kind of hit that on the show. But what if Washington offered you the pick number 19, and then also Daron Payne for number 10? Is that a little bit more realistic, and would that be something you would be interested in? Jeff, you're already shaking your head.
0: No, because I agree with Brian, because we we're kind of kicking it around on Radio and the thing with Washington is like, okay, they're a division rival. Is that going to stop me from trading with them if I think it's my best offer? It's not. No. But if they're coming up for their quarterback, they're not giving me a solid defensive tackle and 19 for their future quarterback. You're not doing it. Like, that's why I actually think the Chase Young thing might seem far fetched. But that would be the very beginning of my conversation If Washington Calls, is you want your future quarterback? Well, then you're going to give me your stud pass rusher and number 19, and that'll be the beginning of our conversation. If that doesn't begin a conversation, we got nothing to talk about because you're wanting me to give you a quarterback. So it's either 19 and next year's one and then some, or it's let's talk about Chase Young. Yeah, that goes.
4: Well, hey, hey what we got? We, 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 we got Ryan Fitzpatrick though. We got Ryan Fitzpatrick though. You got him at this
0: rate. We got Fitz Huh? 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 Looking forward to playing against him. In one of the games against us, he's gonna throw four scores and he's gonna beat us by seventeen. And the other one he's gonna throw four, four picks, picks, and we're gonna win by thirty. So it'll be great. They're going five and eleven this year. I, Twelve. Get your games right. It goes oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true.
3: Twelve. Wow, I got it. Think that's, about that. that's gonna Four, take a while we'll to i don't
0: want to put words in your mouth i don't want to put words in your mouth
3: <laughs> that goes like when we argued about this the first time brian was like well congratulations they're they're gonna hang up the phone they're not gonna trade with you i'm like that's fine meet my price or buzz off like true i'm not helping your quarterback i'm not helping my division rival find a franchise quarterback honestly i might not do it no matter what but if i do it you are going to pay. And like, oh, oh no, you're going to hang up the phone on me? Guess I just have to pick a great player. Woe is me. Like, I want, yeah, I want Deron Payne and next year's one and 19. Or or I want Chase Young and next year's whatever. Like, I want a crazy price if I'm expecting a team that I have to play twice a year to do business with me. Um, which well,
0: is I, why I think it's so I know unlikely. we're trying to get to a question, but... Okay, and just to follow that up, like everybody is thinking it's absurd because Chase Young is so good, which he was supposed to be. But think about it this way. Picking Chase Young for Washington was a massive mistake. Massive. <laughs> How much better is that team if they picked Justin Herbert? Mm,
2: yeah, that's true. That team's Very future good.
0: is ten times brighter if they picked Justin Herbert. You want yeah. me to help you get your quarterback. No, dude, Washington- Don't tell me you won't give me your defensive yeah. end.
3: Washington is a quarterback away from... Gosh, that was a really. Good I don't want to. I don't want to say that they would run this division if they had a good quarterback, but that is a scary freaking team with a good
2: quarterback. And I I would be if that was Justin Herbert, I'd be scared for the next decade. And, and instead of Kyle Allen last year, and it should have been. I'm not. I'm not Alex trying. Smith. I'm
3: not trying to help them find that puzzle piece no. unless they are really gonna pay me well for it.
2: I don't know if they wanted to give me two firsts and maybe talk about a defensive end or somebody like that to go up and pick Mac Jones, I might let them do. It it. Cause I don't, I mean, I I'm also just not perfect, super high on Mac Jones.
0: Yeah. I want 19. Yeah, as long as you hate the quarterback, yeah, yeah. just yeah. let him have it. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> it's different.
2: Yeah, that's. that's but crazy. I can't let them know that before they agree to the press. No, but you, you play it up like, oh, man, Mac Jones, yeah. this guy, look at this guy. Yeah, no, that's that's the way you do it. All right, final question. And this one I was semi forced to. Mac to, Jones. <laughs> forced to throw into this. Okay, so my girlfriend Lorena asked if you could tr- could make sure the Cowboys take Kyle Pitts at 10. But you couldn't contact your significant other or your best friend if you don't have a significant other for a month. Would you do it? You wouldn't talk to anybody—significant yes! other, best friend. So but the Cowboys—we're just helping. We're just helping,
3: take Kyle, we're just helping Kyle Yeomans get brownie points here today. It's not necessarily true. <laughs> um,
2: you don't know what I'm going to gonna answer. Like, is that supposed to be? Yes, I do.
0: Is that supposed to be considered a significant cost? Is that the idea? <laughs> wow! It's supposed to be
2: something that would be. It's bad supposed to be and something and that productive. you give up for a month. <laughs> Yeah, this is. Um, I mean, no, as
0: long as as long as you're allowed to tell them first, I'm sure I would do that. I just I had to be able to clear it, cold you know? turkey. No, you can't. You can't. No,
3: they can't know what's, can't going, know on. what's going on.
0: Oh, then I got to let Kyle Pitts go. Yeah, <laughs> oh. good pick,
2: Chris. Chris this, just popped on and said he would be playing a lot of Xbox. <laughs>
0: what? Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying.
2: Are we talking about your relationship? No, 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 for no. This ours? is you. Because, you know, I, me, I wanted to. It, I wanted to put it would it, be it, out there.
3: As the only single guy on this show, be- this is easy. I don't like. I don't
0: love my friends that much. <laughs> that much. Give, me,
2: give me Kyle Pitts. <laughs> give me Kyle Pitts. I'd you- <laughs>
0: love to see you go a month without talking to Chuck. I want to see this. Oh, mm-hmm. I could do that. I, I could
2: do, I, I
3: could do that. One. No, I could do that. <laughs> he, I just spent a week with her in Hawaii. I could absolutely do
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> just never talk to her again. The
4: best thing ever for, for my relationship would be to not talk to her for a month because she doesn't want to be around me. She's annoyed by me. Those so are the best. Those are the best break, kind. It'd be great for her. Yeah, no. I've uh,
3: been ar- I've been around. I've been around. How often Jeff spends on FaceTime with his significant other? I just don't think that would go very well for eleven him. times a day. <laughs> There you go. No, I like it.
2: So, I, I, for Kyle Pitts, I would say no. I would not do that. But if it's Rashawn Slater or A Sewell, oh my you can God. maybe talk me into that's it. That's so lame. On. You might be able to talk me You would me make into that sacrifice for a boring I, offensive tackle. I like offensive line. I like I like the the potential okay. there. But that's going to do it for us here on the draft show. So glad you've been with us here over the last hour. For Chris Bean, for David Hellman, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin KT Turner, who pulls out the guitar right at the end, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you on Thursday. The draft nine days away. We'll see you next time. Play free bird.
1: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
0: about this, Cowboys?